boys, it's the three of us. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> it's the no, no, let me correct you. It's the two of you. <laughs> That's how this should start. <laughs> yeah, it is the Dan and Friends podcast. That's what it is. <laughs> My bad. But uh, yeah. guess what? Uh, I have a question. Actually, we're all here, and we all were affected by this big tragedy this week. Where were you when Facebook and Instagram went down? <laughs> Never forget. Never, Never forget, forget the day that people had to join TikTok. Never forget that day. Dude, Twitter's tweet was so funny. They, the, at Twitter just said, welcome literally everyone. <laughs> right. And then it was even better that they had an issue of their own where they, the error was like, sometimes more people that use Twitter uh, more often than they usually do. Today was one of those days and we're usually prepared for it but we were not prepared for this. Like this is just unprecedented. We were not ready for this type of mass use of Twitter. Yeah, it was wild. And I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. It did affect me in a work sense, which yeah. wasn't all that fun. Um, but also allowed me to concentrate on some of the things because my hands are tied. I'm like, hey, listen, so like a global outage. What can I do? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, really wild when the like the most popular, two popular apps go down for everybody. And where can you, where can you get your information? You got to go to Twitter. <laughs> I, I legit like that morning paid for a new ad campaign on Facebook. And then like Facebook went down. I'm like, is this a cruel trick? Is this what they do to you? <laughs> like when you like you pay enough money and then they're like, cool, we'll take that. And then you're just done on Facebook and gotcha. we're shutting it down for you. Yeah. So I was actually comforted to find out that other people were having uh, the same problem as I was. One thing I realized uh, is that on all other social medias, like they do a lot better of a job from like getting um, just the riffraff away from you. Like I saw like no conspiracy theories yeah, the whole day. And I don't know what that says about what, I don't know what, because they're all evil corporations. They all do what they want. They're all, you know, changing numbers and doing all these things. But like, I don't know what it was. Twitter, TikTok, Triller. I saw none of the stuff that I like hate and talk about on this show every week, but because Facebook and Instagram were down. So I saw none of it. And I didn't realize that it was so like, that's where I see this stuff. I don't see it anywhere else. It's like, uh, it's an interesting feeling. Yeah. To kind of have that extra filtered layer. Right. And the algorithms are just way better for content. Anyways, it's like, Oh, this wasn't from five days ago. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) This is some stuff in real time. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you think it's also like to go back to something Didi has said time and time again, do you think it's also because like, there never has been a great parent migration to TikTok and Triller. And like parents are on Twitter, but I feel like they don't understand how to use it. Do you think that's part mm-hmm. of it too? Yes. That's actually, yeah. Has I think so. Yeah. yeah. The boomerless apps are <laughs> way more valuable in terms of that, way more enjoyable. You don't have to, you don't have to play your own filtering role 
when you were scrolling. Now you're just like trained as you're scrolling what to ignore. And maybe you miss something, but you're just, and then in those other apps, TikTok and Twitter, and it's just, it's, it's a little cleaner. It's a little nicer to be able to enjoy most of it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, I felt good about it. I didn't take some, like, I don't know. A lot of people were taking some serious approach to this whole thing. Like, Oh, it was something we needed. We all needed a reset. No, like it's just kind of nice to like, I don't know. I think we need less social media. I think, I think that's really what it is. I don't know. Made me feel like, Oh, all right, I'm good. I still have it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, why am I on all three of these things? I don't know. Right. Yeah. So. And shouts to Twitter for creating the like little hashtag emoji to go with it with internet shutdown when people were calling them out for that. Like, Oh, you guys aren't helping and said you're making emojis for the hashtag. It's like, no, Twitter ain't helping. Are you kidding me? They're embracing it. And they're enjoying it. <laughs> well, what's up guys. It's Didi out here in Los Angeles. Chris and Dan are in Pittsburgh. It's the brunch breakdown and all three of us are here for the podcast so it is not just the dan and friends podcast this week but who knows probably next week chris where are you i'm in my office i just rearranged things oh reconfigured okay. studio yeah, yeah nice the same studio but we turn things we turn things around a little bit and i wanted to kind of like you guys have all both had very like interesting backgrounds throughout the course of doing this podcast my background has just been a blank wall the entire time. So I wanted to get something behind me and I got like areas to feature things, which I'm excited about. I got my turntable Ooh, back there. So there yeah, we're, re- Very nice. we're ready. To go. And my brunch breakdown cup. Look at that. Nice. So you Dude. know what you're watching and listening to Promo when you tune table. in. Yeah. Yours is like set up like you were about to do a hit on ESPN or something. Right. Like you were, it's like the pit hat is in the perfect spot. You've got like, oh, yeah, I'm unique. I've got a record player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. But like I've been staring at like those remote reporters on ESPN for 18 months. And like yeah. almost, we, we talked about this on the podcast once where it's like you, you could find out how boring the people are based on how many like books they have behind them and stuff like that. I hate basically everybody's background. So I wanted to create my own and it'll change episode to episode and uh, just little Easter eggs for people to hunt for every time we put an episode out every, every four weeks when I actually appear on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, today on the show, it is sports brunch. So we are talking all things sports because there's a lot of stuff going on. We're going to be talking the Super Bowl halftime show, which we can't wait to talk about urban Meyer and his ridiculousness Brady and Belichick their homecoming of sorts and uh we've got this funny Brewers Devin Williams story uh about him possibly ruining the uh Brewers chances of going to the World Series so and what we're listening to but uh let's get it started the way we always do with Dan telling us where we can find the brunch breakdown that's right you can find this podcast literally anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you're new to the program, find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, literally everywhere that you can find us. Hit follow. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe. That way those episodes come to you first thing every Thursday. You don't have to look and wait for us to send out any links or anything like that. They'll come directly to you every each and every Thursday. Of course, the full video episodes also available every Thursday. That uh, is at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on our YouTube page and on our Facebook page. They premiere both at that time and available on demand anytime you want to watch them after that on both of those pages as well. Speaking of social media, 
Social media was down. Facebook was up. Or Facebook was down. Instagram was down. But the Brunch Breakdown is always up on social media at Brunch Breakdown, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, TikTok. Whether they're shut down or not, we are there. Find us there. And of course, the Sounds of Brunch, our very own curated playlist available to you each and every Friday on Spotify. Just search for Sounds of Brunch. Beautiful. Well, let's uh, do something that uh, I think, I don't know. I know it's something that I need, but I can't really get myself involved in this week. Bruise Day. And I'm going to go first because I can't. So my house has been disgusting and there's been stomach virus all flowing around it. Yeah. Gross. So (sighs) drink water, guys. It's nice. Contigo cup right here. Little bottle. And that's what I'm drinking. Water. That's what I'm sipping on this week because I'm afraid to do anything. That's you've <laughs> had tea with us before. You've had coffee with us yeah. before. I don't know if you can get lower than water. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> this is bruise day. And you're going, well, under, I understand why, but yeah throw an emergency yeah. in there or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it was a little bit of explain a tangerine or something. No. <laughs> you at least like put it in the microwave. So it feels like it's been brewed or something. Like, I, yeah. You know, Fresh. There's brewed, not even a, water. You could say you brew a tea, but you can't brew a, a Contigo bottle yeah. of water. Hmm. Yeah, guys. I, I just, that's why I had to go first and get out of the way of bruise day. Cause it's water for me, but I'll explain more of that in our next segment. So, Chris, tell us what you're sipping on. The radio professional giving (laughs) us a tease there. Gotta love it. I was really bummed I wasn't on the podcast last week in part because, and I was very sick last week, which is why I was not here, feeling much better and uh, excited though, because last week I planned to start drinking Oktoberfest beers on this podcast. And then I didn't, but I'm going to today. And I'm going to start it off with my personal favorite, Penn Brewing's. Oktoberfest. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, I don't really know how to rate and review Oktoberfests uh, or fall beers in general, because like my palate is, I'm not there. I'm not there. Whatever the things are that you pick up in a, in a, in a fall seasonal beer. Um, I don't feel that I'm very good at it, especially the Oktoberfest. I like Oktoberfest because they're like a nice middle ground between a regular lager and a pumpkin beer. I am not a big fan of pumpkin beers. Um, So this is my good middle ground, but like pumpkin beer, you drink it and you're like, it's got notes of pumpkin, pumpkin spice. It's very, you can pick up on it pretty easily. Uh, This is like in the middle, um, but I really, really like the Penn Brewing Oktoberfest Fall reminds me how much I like lagers, and I think that's important. Lagers and pilsners are a good time, and I enjoy them quite a bit. I'm going to enjoy this one with you boys. Nice. Excellent choice. Excellent nice. choice. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah, you like the you like the maltiness, the 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 you know the spice aspect of it there as well. Sometimes a little nutty. Love a good Oktoberfest. Well. Since you don't like pumpkin beers, this is a perfect one for you. I've got a pumpkin beer for us here today (laughs) because we are in October and 
it might be 81 degrees outside in Western Pennsylvania today, yeah. middle, <laughs> almost, almost a week into October. Kind of ruins the vibe a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but we're still embracing where we are in the pumpkin world, in the pumpkin calendar, and that still speaks to Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. So I've got a, a prairie artisan ale uh, for this week. They do a, a lot of great sours. I'm sure I've featured a sour of theirs on the podcast before, probably their rainbow sherbet is one of my very favorites that uh, Prairie does. But this is a new one of theirs called the pumpkin kerfuffle. So this is an imperial sour with pumpkin pie spice blend and toasted marshmallow flavor, a little added extra that you don't typically get with a pumpkin beer. And so, yes, this still is considered as sour it's not very sour at all you kind of get a little bit on the back end you pick up on that uh just a hint but you get plenty of pumpkin you get plenty of those spices not a ton of marshmallow sometimes marshmallow can be really dominant and sometimes you want that but in this case you don't but i think it's blended pretty well just kind of a light touch on top uh but prairie they know what they're doing in terms of sours i love the idea of this it's really good. One of the first one I've ever had. Uh, this uh, this one right here. This first one. Uh, the pumpkin kerfuffle from Prairie. So be enjoying that with you boys here today. Wow. I, I I do not know how to process in my brain pumpkin and sour. Like I that doesn't I I, I have weird, to right? yeah I have to try that at some point to just understand what's going on with your kerfuffle. Yeah, it's like when we talked about uh, a banana sour, I think, yeah. back in the summer. It's like those two don't make sense to go well together at all. And yeah, so it's because I thought about it at the same time. I'm like, how are these going to go together? But they do. It's it's not overly sour. Uh, it's a clean sour. Uh, that's kind of again just right on the the back end. It's there's you still get plenty of sweetness up front, but not too much of really anything i think it's pretty well balanced so yeah got a couple of these i'll have to hold on to one for you it's a sweet looking can yeah right yeah yeah there you go right there that's definitely a cool can a lot of those little guys on there so yeah shouts to prairie man they do some great stuff love it well cheers boys cheers, cheers. water God, this is so lame god i gotta make up for it next week Start double yeah. fisting or something. Yeah, you got to shotgun something next week. Uh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, guys, let's get random topics off our chest. It's time for get it off our chest. Chris, you weren't here last week, so uh, get it off your chest. Yeah. So I'm gonna piggyback off of what you introed us with, Didi. Um, the outage of Instagram and Facebook, and Didi, I'm with you. I don't. <laughs> I don't think we need to get too deep on an internet company going offline for eight hours. I don't think we need to turn it into like this deep existential moment where we, we, you know, start doing yoga and download the call map and like, you know, totally change our lives. Um, but there was one takeaway that I had from it uh, as a business owner. And I wanted to pass it along to anybody listening that if you have any aspiration at any point, of doing something with social media beyond just like hitting tweet. Like if you want to turn social media into something more, um, that was a great example that you should 
not build your house on someone else's lawn, so to speak. Uh, if you are putting all of your eggs in one basket and with being in the fitness industry, I know a lot of people who have put all of their eggs into the Instagram basket and don't have websites and they use that as the focal point of their entire business. That is a really bad idea. So if, if you're in that realm, if you want to do something with social media at some point, I would suggest to you build your own website, make sure you're on as many platforms as you can be and retain your content, like for whatever you put out there, save local copies of it, put it in a external hard drive somewhere because you do not know when Facebook could just disappear. Like it's, it's unlikely for some of the giants to disappear. And if they disappear, it's probably just an outage for a few hours. Like it was the other day, but at the end of the day, like if you make videos and you put them all on YouTube and you do not save them and you do not put them in some place that you own, you're setting yourself up for a big time problem. So it made me feel like I was super relaxed. I thought it was kind of hilarious that like the two biggest social media platforms went down. I was stress-free because like I save all my stuff. It was a very, it was a moment of, um, I don't know, I guess just like confirming what I've done so far, which is trying to put things in the right places and own as much as I can. And I would encourage anybody else to do the same thing if you want to do anything with social media in the future, other than to be mad online. I like it. I like it. Good advice. Because it's good. I was going to say, if you think you can't build your own website, wix.com, you'll figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. Seriously, because the first thing that I thought when the like when all this when all this went down was just like, oh man, like one of these could go. Like MySpace went away. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a great example. This stuff will go like because you know, who knows? It'll be the next social media platform or whatever. But like we've been around long enough to watch these things go from being so big to just like dropping. It's like you couldn't have told me in 2007 that we would never be using AIM anymore. Right. We don't yeah. use AIM anymore. It's just like right. all these things could go and like we don't know when they're going to go. And it's basically up to, you know, like when you said, like, you know, building your house on someone else's lawn. It's like, yeah, like Mark Zuckerberg could just be like, fuck it. I'm worth one hundred and ninety billion dollars. I don't care anymore. I'm out and just put a lock on the Facebook offices. It's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> like and Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, they're all gone. It's yeah. up to this mm-hmm. one guy just to be like, yeah, see ya. It's done. So, had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Wow. Yeah. Dan, get it off your chest. So the headline for me this week for getting something on my chest is really going to come down to these five words. Don't live on. It's four words. Don't live. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I caught it before. Right. Wait a minute. This is four. <laughs> Don't live on maybe. Okay. Don't live on maybe. So this came to mind recently in the past couple of weeks. Um, Facebook events and stuff like that and being asked to do things. When you're asked to do something and go somewhere, specifically they make it clear as day for you on Facebook. Either say you're going or say you're not going. Don't live on 
maybe. Starting out on maybe is fine. Hey, I've got a lot of stuff going on too. As long as everybody else does, I've got to figure that out. Got to talk to so-and-so, got to check with this. That's all good and dandy. That's what that's there for. Maybe, maybe. However, if weeks go by, the week of the event, it's time to make a move, people, okay? Uh, you know, these people that host these things, they have things to figure out. They need to know how many people are coming. They need to know how much food to get, how many plates to get, how many drinks to get. Just nice to have a head count. But when you live on maybe, it requires that person to not know or reach out to you and be like, hey, maybe, what are you doing? Are you coming? Are you not coming? I need to know what to do here. Uh, and then don't be that guy that goes, but doesn't click that you're going. Like, oh yeah, they'll know. Them. They, they know I'm coming. No, no. Say you're going. Say you're going if you're going. Um, and it's one thing to tell them privately, but if, if you can, if I can see on Facebook, which people can, you have viewed this event and you have not made a decision. You are a big trouble, mister. You are a degenerate. If you viewed this event and you're like, I don't even, I can't even put maybe, I don't even know. I don't even want to say anything. So I'm just trying to help my friends out and people of the world that host these type of things, you know, not to live on maybe. You can call me maybe, but don't live on maybe. This is, uh, this feels like you're just like getting ready to send out wedding invitations and you're, <laughs> you're putting feel, you're, you're putting out the, the words, everybody. <laughs> it's there's a little bit. Yeah. That's, that was part of the discussion. There's, we forgot to RSVP to uh, a baby shower. So I, I was maybe guy there. I did that too long. And then. Uh, our friend had a going away party last week where Didi was he wasn't maybe guy to give him credit. He said he was going. He had no <laughs> intention of going. So I give him credit for that. You both have made had made a decision there. But yeah, I was just like, man, this dude's trying to like figure out food and get head counts and all this. And you're sitting there living on maybe. That's just not right. But yeah, it all comes down to RSVP to the wedding as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> now, dude, I've been maybe guy. I, I have totally like in the past been maybe guy. Um, and I feel like I've gotten better at that recently. But I always like for whatever reason, like years ago, thought that like if I immediately said no, I'd like hurt someone's feelings. So it was better to like be a maybe for a while and then like softly tell them that you're going to eventually not go. And like looking back, like the logic of that is stupid. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dan, you're about to find this out very soon. And I'm sure Chris has his own stories with this too. Uh, yeah. With the wedding invitations, dude, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than somebody who says maybe, which basically means they haven't sent their shit back. And you're like, you get to the deadline, which is there, which is usually like, I don't know, two months or a month after you send invitations out. And like those people are the worst because then you have to hunt them down. Like you have to send them to, are you coming? Are you coming? And then they tell you, oh, we think we're going to work it out. And I'm like, weddings in a month. You know if you're coming or not. Yeah. Yeah. Don't live on maybe people. It all, yeah, that's that's the ultimate 
one that I know it's going to happen. We had a conversation about it. That's kind of how this all came together at once, all these maybe incidents. And it's just like, you know what? I got to tell the people, don't live on maybe. Either go or don't go. Just let them know. It's a good slogan. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Don't live on maybe. T-shirt. Make that. There it is. <laughs> like it. All right. So um, I have something to say to all the educators in America, health teachers, especially. If you are trying to teach kids about like, I don't know, protection with sex and you know, not to have, if you're in, you're in church and you're trying to teach kids not to have sex before marriage and all that, here's ways to do it. Want to know how you do it? You take those teenagers to somebody's house and you have them clean up diarrhea and puke. That's what you do. Every high school curriculum should have this or church. If you guys are, you know, if you're religious and all that, because if somebody had me clean up what I had to clean up in my house this week because stomach virus is going all through the Dudley household. Started with my daughter, then hit my son, who also has a double ear infection. We just found out about, mm. yeah, it's oh. absolutely awful. It's terrible. And then hit me. And then now, <laughs> right before we did the podcast, Siobhan was like, you guys better be quick because I don't feel great. And I was like, well, had to hit you at some point. So now we're going through the whole week going to uh, going to her. But if I, if, but if I had to clean up, any of the stuff that I had to clean up in the past week when I was 16, I don't think I would have ever had sex ever, (laughs) ever just to know that that is what happens when you have a child, you have to do that stuff. So if for some reason it was like, uh Oh, had a baby when I'm like 18 or something or 16, it's like, and I had to clean that up. No, 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 no. I don't know what I would have done. I'm mature now. I'm an adult now. I'm dealing this at 36 years old. That's what I'm dealing with this. But man, telling you, if you want to teach sex ed in schools, that's how you do it. You don't take them, you don't make them take an egg home or take them to the baby that just like cries like at random. No, 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 no. You have them go clean up baby shit and baby puke at somebody's house. And then they will never, ever do the wrong thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're not going to wear a condom tonight. No, 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 you're wearing it. Trust me, <laughs> you're wearing it. These are all the things that have been going through my head over the last week. So had to get that off my chest, guys. Like, I, I'm not on the podcast. I haven't been on the podcast regularly, week to week uh, in a while. But I feel like the times that I have been on the podcast, <laughs> Dee has diarrhea stories every time I'm here. <laughs> And I feel for you, man. This is awful. Dude, it's been tough. It's been tough. I I really didn't expect it to take that sort of turn. I didn't know where he was going with it. Only Daniel Dudley can go from sex education to diarrhea in, you know, a heartbeat. (laughs) And that's what the brush breakdown is for. It took me a minute to like connect it. And that was like, oh, yeah. I get I it. Like, what? Because that's the How is this result. related to you drinking water? Because <laughs> <laughs> you made that point. I'm like, looking around, where are we going? It's like the lights off are in the room. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's called get it off our chest for a reason. I'm not prepared when I start talking. 
So like it starts somewhere, it'll go down and it's like, oh, we're here. We're here now. We, we've arrived. <laughs> makes sense. We've you know, it. yeah. it's like when you're driving with ways and it takes you through some wild streets you've never been on. And then all of a sudden, oh, I, I, I'm at, at Chris's that. house. I got it now. <laughs> oh, diarrhea drive. I've been here before. <laughs> I hate this place. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm just saying, you know, anyone listening out there with, uh, you know, kids whose hormones are, you know, starting to go crazy, got a 15, 16 year old, just telling you, that's what you do. You're worried about it. It's all you got to do. DM the, brunch, straight. DM the brunch breakdown. I will give you Didi's address and you guys can come over for a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Good advice. God, dude, you know, the funny thing about it, it's this is happening in uh, when I was turned on the Rams game, the like the Rams secondary, they all were like dealing with a stomach virus, like throughout like the middle of the week, like the whole Rams, like secondary team. So I was like, I guess it's just going through it. I don't know. <laughs> just going through it in LA. Everybody's got this weird rotavirus it's happening. <sighs> Anyways. Well, that was good off our chest and I'm happy. I got that off my chest. Let's get into the main uh, course here. Since it's sports brunch. Let's get it started with a uh, very exciting news. The Super Bowl halftime show, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem. Guys, I don't think there's ever been a univer- more universally like Super Bowl halftime show before it even happens than this one right here. No, no not even close. You know, you've had artists that have been exciting in the past. And of course, after Justin Timberlake, um, and, the, and Janet Jackson, we got pretty lame for a long time. So it's been hard to get excited. for a while anyways but collectively this group is just unbelievable they are showing no holds there is no holds barred with this the los angeles super bowl might be the greatest event in the history of time and they've capped it off with what's probably going to be the best halftime show ever in my opinion are all of these artists i mean at least some of them are because dre's from la are any of the other ones from la well, Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, Snoop. Kendrick, and then Mary J, not. And Mary Eminem's, J and Eminem are, I think, the only two that are not. not yeah. Because yeah. I didn't, it didn't even click for me until Dan was talking through it there. But I feel like that would be cool to, like, you know, if it's in a city where there are artists from that city that are extremely popular, to have those artists perform the Super Bowl halftime show to just kind of, like, tie it into the city that's hosting. Um, cause that's kind of cool, but yeah, I, I, well, so here's the, I mean, it's universally liked here and like people listening to the brunch breakdown, <laughs> but you know, there is, there is a segment of the NFL fan base that has, that wants no, nothing to do with this primarily hip hop R and B lineup for a Super Bowl halftime show. So I don't it's know true. if it's, I don't know if it's universally liked. <laughs> But I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I haven't been this excited since it was like Britney Spears and NSYNC. And that was like 20 years ago. So this is great. I think it's great. And um, I hope it sets the tone for years to come. I'll say this though, guys. Um, I was thinking back to like the last halftime show that I was really excited for. And I thought back to that one when we were kids where it was like all the pop stars, they just kept popping up. I don't remember what Super Bowl that was. It was like Britney popped up and then like a boy band popped up and then it was just like all over the place. It was amazing. I remember that one vividly. 
however many years later. And then I was like looking at this one. I was like, oh, these are all like those artists that were dope when we were like that, like back then. But like, it's so much later. You know what I mean? Like, it just made me feel kind of old. I was like, the last time I was this excited about a Super Bowl halftime show, I was like 16 years old. And now I'm 34. And I mean, they look a lot older in that photo of everybody that's going to be performing in this halftime show. But nevertheless, I'm excited. I think it's good stuff. Yeah. Thank goodness Kendrick is in this lineup. Because if you just look at Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Snoop, it's like... Ooh, we got the old man show here for our generation and everybody else is like anybody younger than us is like, who, what are you kidding me? Was it just like the old person show at the VMAs and now we're going to do it at the halftime show too. So at least Kendrick is on there to bring a little bit of youth to it. And yeah, I feel like this is kind of a make good for Eminem that Chris, you mentioned Super Bowls being in certain cities. Uh, it's been in Detroit and Kid Rock has either done the halftime show or the national anthem or some horrendous version of something else for that, or the Thanksgiving game in Detroit way too many times. And Eminem has really never been a part of that. And they're like, you know what you, we owe you big time. So I'm going to throw you on with the biggest lineup in the history of the halftime show. Well-deserved. I, I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause this is the reason why I think it's been so universally liked is because of the ages, because if this, if this Super Bowl is just like Kendrick Lamar and other people who started in like 2010, this is not a universally like Super Bowl, but like you've had like 30 years to like Snoop Dogg. You've had 30 <laughs> years to like Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige is a legend spent forever. So an Eminem is Eminem. And it's like, I think that's the reason why like, you're getting so much of it. It's like hip hop's coming to the Super Bowl and it, for the first time, which is wild to think about. And you're, but you're getting like the estab- like the establishment. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's what you're getting from the past 30 years, but you're right. It covers yeah. all of those for the past 30 years. So anybody within that time frame has somebody, at least one to look forward to. And I think you just know, based off of name recognition that you put all of them together, it's going to be incredible. Shout out to the older artists on this show that have just re- remained extremely relevant the entire time. Like, not for nothing. A lot of the younger generation knows Snoop Dogg because he's like on a web series with Martha Stewart and he's in Corona commercials, but like they still know who Snoop Dogg is. He's on the Comedy Central yeah. roast for some reason. Nobody knows why. <laughs> and like Dre is the producer, but like we knew him as the rapper back in the day. Um, Eminem's just been, uh, I suppose, the same guy all along. Um, I really want him to show up with like a hundred other M&Ms like he did for the VMAs like 20 oh, years ago. Oh, that was the ago. best. That was the best. That performance at the VMAs was one of my favorite performances of all time. Wasn't that amazing? I want yes. that. I know it's not going to happen, but like I want him to just like, you know, there's like, they like built a lake outside of that stadium. Yeah. Um, I want them to just like come out of the lake. I want them all to come out of the lake and then like walk into the open air stadium, have all of these M&Ms like going down each aisle all the way down to the, yes, dude, that's what the people Let's want. Go. We got to make it happen. M <laughs> take us back to 2002. Let's go. Yeah. I need see, I need Eminem to be, make quick work at the Super Bowl. I need forgot about, I need forgot about Dre and I need, uh, I need to lose yourself. That's all I need. That's all I need. And M can, <laughs> See you later. Sign <laughs> That's what I need. I need forgot about Dre and lose yourself, and then you can skedaddle. 
Well, that's the big thing, right? Is that we have all these artists and this is a 12 minute halftime show. (laughs) 12 minutes. There's a reason they haven't put this many big names together before because it's 12 minutes. So the question is in 12 minutes over under six and a half songs and not full songs. Obviously, we're going to take a little bit of this, the 30 seconds of that, but over under, I'm setting it at six and a half. Okay. For all of these artists in 12 minutes. So you're right at kind of like the 30 second average mark there, but obviously things can go a little longer. Things can go a little quicker. What do you guys think? I feel I'm going to go over because I just feel like with this many artists that have this many hits, we, like you have to understand that you're never going to get through a song. So rather than try and like go a little bit longer on one song, no, we're doing like verse hook on like 15 songs. Well, not fit, but we're doing verse hook on like 10 songs. Just boom, boom, boom. Everyone's collaborating. Everyone's jumping on the song with each other. And we figured out how we're going to do that creatively, but it's just going to be like everyone's hits one after the other. Yeah. I, I just can't. I just hope next episode's the first song. Cause like the intro to that song is so great. And yeah. I just want it to be the first song. That's yeah. all. I just, I need that to be the first song. Yeah. I, I'm so hyped for this. Like I am, I am so hyped for this. So here's my, here's my final question. Where does this land? We talked about it being kind of university, universally liked kind of for the most part, where do you guys think this will land in terms of the highest rated halftime shows? Now, lucky for you, I have the top five. And it has nothing to do with the game. I can tell you that it has nothing to do with the game. A lot of these that I'm going to give you here, the halftime shows are rated far higher than the game was. Um, so it's really, truly based on the artist in this instance. So number five was somehow Madonna with CeeLo Green, LMFAO, MIA, and Nicki Minaj. How that's at number five, I don't know. Dude, uh, that is a wild Super Bowl performance, by the way. <laughs> right. Uh, number four, Bruno Mars with the Red Hot Chili, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number three, Coldplay with Beyonce. And once again, Bruno Mars. Number two, you guys have any guesses what the top two are? Prince? Lady Gaga by herself. Shouts to her for that. Lady Gaga comes in at number two. And at number one was Katy Perry. Uh, and she had Lenny Kravitz and Miss, Missy Elliott for some reason. Is that the one where she side. became a meme for like two years? Shark, man. <laughs> Love shark, all that. Yeah, that was number one. So any ideas where this where this might land in that list? I mean, it's going to be, be I guess It better be higher than five. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's got to be top four. It might be the, I mean, wait, who was in the Super Bowl when Katy Perry? I think that's something you should look at too. Who was in, who were in these Super Bowls also? I'll look, but when I was researching it, they made it clear that the the game had no affiliation with the halftime show. Like there was no, it's never, it, it, it never correlates with the game audience. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I know the B, cause I know the Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno, mars thing which is awesome you can watch the whole you can watch it on youtube and it's like perfect video it's better than the video from the actual game it's, it's actually incredible but um that was the cam newton super bowl 
That was when the Broncos mm. absolutely destroyed the Panthers that that year. I know that was that one. I don't know. I feel like the game has to have something, something to do with it, but maybe not. By the way, Katy Perry, eight songs Ooh. on her halftime show. Why can't I find who was in that game? <laughs> Here we go. It was 2015, which means it was... Seahawks and Patriots was which was also a very highly watched Super Bowl. That yeah, makes sense. But yeah, I think it's coming in at number three, right behind Lady Gaga. I think we've got Katy Perry. I think that'll stay. Uh, Lady Gaga at two, and then I think this is going to come in at uh, at number three, the highest rated, third highest rated halftime show, at least three. But we'll see. I can't wait. Countdown That's to fair. it. I just we don't understand. Under- None of our teams are going to be in it, so we can look forward to that. Yes, I'm, that's I do know who your team is, Edie, and I still stand by that. I just don't understand people that like don't don't watch it. We talked about this, right? Did, didn't we? I feel like we've talked about this before. Like, what are you? What else are you doing that evening? Exactly. <laughs> what else are you doing? What are you doing like, that night? Just turn it on. It's twelve minutes, dude. I your night. I don't know either. I, I wonder that you see you see the ratings and you're just like, wait, you look at like the local shares because those are always the numbers that always like fascinate me. And you're just like, so what were those like 20 percent of people? What were you doing? Like, what, right. what were you doing? Like you at least watch it for you watch it for something, right? You watch it for the game. You watch it for the commercials or you watch it for the halftime show or some combination. If you can't find one of those things, what else are you doing that night? And now this year or next year, I should say. It'll be right in the middle of the uh, Olympics, of the Winter Olympics. So that'll be interesting to see if that has an effect on it at all. But it actually it won't. shouldn't because NBC also has the Super Bowl. So you can't watch the Olympics unless you go watch it on USA. I'm, I'm so excited for that period of time for Dan because that's like <laughs> the Olympics is his jam. Wait. The Super Bowl halftime yeah. show is his jam. Like that, that's like what Christmas, I'm counting Christmas down comes twice that year. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let's get into our next thing. Uh, Urban Meyer made some headlines. <laughs> Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. Uh, after a loss, he decided not going home with the team. Going to go to Ohio and uh, dance with some women <laughs> and get caught on video. This is my favorite story because there have been so many people who have doubted urban Meyer be as an NFL coach, but I never expected this as why we were going to be like, Oh wow, this is not going to work out. (laughs) I didn't think this was going to be it, but man, this is bad. In four games in, right. We're only four weeks in usually with urban Meyer, you know, anything about urban Meyer who in this instance, I'm calling Pervin liar. Uh, usually it's a bunch of winning followed by a scandal. We haven't even had the first win on the board (laughs) since he's been in Jacksonville. And so, yeah, he does something unprecedented, which it truly is not flying home with the team. Oh, you know, yeah, whatever. He's closer in Cincinnati. He's going to go up to Columbus, spend some time with that's not normal. I don't care where you don't think other coaches have families and grandkids that they may be near on a road trip or something like that, they get back to freaking work because they just got their ass kicked again for the fourth straight week in a row. And this is your first year as an NFL NFL coach. So you don't know what you're doing. You haven't figured that out yet. And obviously 
My man had to, to blow off some steam in some weird sorts of ways. And he made it sound like he was dragged out on the dance floor and they were pulling him over and making him have, take some shots and beers. My man, watch your hands, watch those hands. <laughs> I, I think it's all on purpose. I think he knows what he's doing because I think he knows that the USC job is open. The LSU job is probably going to come open and there may be one or two more that he can be paid handsomely for. And I think urban does better in a college town where he can kind of control things as opposed to like the more major media markets and like always being on national television. Um, I think I think that's that's the final destination for Urban Meyer. I would not be shocked if he's like fired midseason because I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to the statements coming out of the Jaguars organization, but things are not going well. Uh, the players say he has no credibility. The owners like Urban has to prove it to us. And I don't think Urban takes it too well based on his career trajectory for somebody to say, you have to prove yourself to me. I think at this point he wants, he, he's, he wants, he wants out. He's, he's ready to get fired. And then he's going to be a college coach next year. I, I, I feel it. They are very lucky that they play, they play the Titans this week and they play the dolphins the next week or vice versa, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they don't play the bills who they play after that, because if they played the bills who are just going to beat, who are going to gut stomp every team who's terrible this year, like if they were playing the bills this week and lose 50 to nothing, he's fired this week. He's fired yeah. this week. Like they have two possibly winnable games this week. So they're lucky, real lucky. That's because yeah, this set up for that <laughs> rebound. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they won this week, I wouldn't be shocked. And then it's, that's going to be a whole different headline and more jokes actually, because maybe that's what urban needs. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw, I saw a meme where it said uh, urban Myers had a real tight end problem in his career and it showed like Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> then Tim Tebow, and then this woman's tight end that <laughs> was grinding up <laughs> against him. Um, and then this dude had like the audacity to drag, um, Trevor Lawrence's name into his apology, like, you know, because Trevor went to Vegas on his bachelor party before the draft. And I told him, like, be careful, man. Be careful. Like, get your name, get his name out your mouth. This has nothing to do with Trevor Lawrence. Okay. That dude sure as shit don't respect his coach now after saying something like that. But the guy's just a dirtbag. He's always been a dirtbag. And in yeah. these college towns, like you're talking about, Chris, he's big man on campus. He was there wearing Ohio State stuff. Like, dude, you don't go here anymore. <laughs> Get over it. Like, he fits in with the whole, like, and that's a thing in Ohio, man. If you show up anywhere in an Ohio State shirt, like, you're just, like, it's just all good. Me, yeah. that drove Dan and me crazy. We would go to our own school's football games and people would show up in Ohio State stuff. And Dan would be like, <laughs> You don't go there. Like, take the shirt <laughs> off. So Urban is fitting in uh, well. But yeah, way to go after Trevor Lawrence, who's like largely known as just one of the best dudes, like a yes. good person. Like, yes. Urban, go home. Did you see his pictures on the wall in the bar that he went to? Like, he's no. a huge picture on the wall. After no, like him? winning a national champion. Yeah, of him. 
It's his bar, isn't it? It's oh his, wait, it's, it's his, his bar? restaurant. Yeah, it's like Urban <laughs> I didn't know that. or something. Yeah, well, there's a huge picture behind the bar of like him and like confetti falling, like after winning a national championship, like right there. Yeah, he needed to go get his ego, and apparently a little bit more than that stroked because he's used to that after his wins on campus and things like that. He's not walking around, even if they were four zero in Jacksonville. That's still he's not getting that sort of attention. Yeah, dude. If you ever are wondering like why there are like. uh a bunch of NFL players doing the NFL coverage on ESPN and stuff. I sometimes forget that because a lot of times they don't say anything, but this week watching them be so offended by the fact that the coach didn't fly home with them was fascinating. Yeah. Like they were all just like disgusted at the fact that the coach didn't fly. Cause I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Oh, maybe this isn't that big of a deal. I don't know. Like, you know, him, you know, him, what he was doing was a big deal, but like what, him not flying home, maybe that's not a big deal. But they were all like mortified. Like they talking about him getting fired, how he needs to go, he'll never have the team back, all this stuff. They're like, that doesn't happen. Like, right. No, that's they're like, in my I... whole career, I never a coach ne- always goes back with the team. Yeah. Like, and then you had wild. reporters, reporters saying the same thing. They've they could never or get anything from any other player that's ever heard of anything like this. Like the most recent one was like Lane Kiffin where he got fired on the tarmac. And like, that's why he wasn't on the plane. But other than that, you always like, again, this dude's got every excuse in the book and it's just, he's just a bad human. He's just a bad human. Apparently not a very good NFL coach. Urban. Pervin. Pervin liar, my man. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, Brady and Belichick, uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, they had their homecoming, which I'm so happy is over because my God, was it just Adele, the promos and all like and then the game was <laughs> guys when we have to stop. So glad you started there, Didi, because Katie was actually very interested. Like normally it's just me watching football. Katie's not paying attention. She was very interested to see this entrance of Tom Brady, all the stuff, like all the, you know, theatrics that happen. And so we were both watching ready for the game to start. And when Adele goes, hello, we both just died laughing, like have never laughed that hard during an NFL game. What, what, what were they thinking? Why did they think that would work? It, but it, it did work because it was the same thing with Shannon. Shannon is not interested interested in football really whatsoever. But for this week, she's like, did you see the Adele commercial with Brady and Belichick? <laughs> I'm like, no. And then it came on in pregame. She's like, here it is, here it is, here it is. <laughs> Hello. I was like, this is amazing. That Adele intro is going to have a higher rating than the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, new music from yes. Adele coming soon, actually. Oh, yeah, actually. But Perfect yeah. Perfect for her. That whole just and then the game sucks. Like yeah. it was legitimately the like the most boring. More probably I don't know if I'll watch a game that's more boring than that. Actually, wait, take that back. Browns and Vikings played a really boring game too. But anyways, really really boring game. And they're trying so hard. Like you could hear Collinsworth and Michaels trying so hard to make it like this was going to be because it was close. And it right. was prime example that close game does not mean good game. It just means someone <laughs> has to win. Like someone is this game has to end at some point. And I'm happy it ended the way that it did. Like I'm happy that they just were like, you know, let's kick this 56 yarder in the rain and see what happens. Cause they seem like they wanted to get out of there also. 
Because it didn't seem like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick enjoyed this at all. Like, no one enjoyed it. This was, yeah. Yeah, neither of them enjoyed it. And Bruce Arians really didn't enjoy it. I don't know if you guys heard either of his comments afterwards. He was like, I couldn't be more excited. This is over. Last I checked, we play a team sport. He goes, Tom didn't win seven championships by himself, and Bill didn't win those six by himself. The team won them. And this was the Patriots versus the Bucks. He was pretty fired up about it. But I know, I'm sure everybody was glad that that was over. But the buildup and the anticipation, all the all the network shows were there, you know, outside of Foxborough that day and everything building and, and leading up to it for it to game to just be not good. You know, Tom wanted to shove it down their throats and put on a show, but he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. And I was kind of hoping for that. I was kind of, I found myself rooting for the Bucks because the Patriots hate just runs too deep. Uh, and Tom Brady's way more likable now, now that he's a Buccaneer, but it was kind of a, a letdown of a game for sure. Uh, I didn't hear that from Bruce Arians, but he like suits up like a ghostbuster every Sunday. And I can't take anything that that guy says seriously. He does. Um, but I thought it was like a really big letdown that like they built up the fact that, you know, he's 62 yards away or whatever it was from breaking the record, which not for nothing. Like that's pretty amazing that he just ended up like being in New England on the night that he was going to break. And I'm sure they yeah. thought that that might happen. And so they scheduled it that way, but that's pretty amazing. Um, but like they talked on the broadcast at length about how the Patriots are planning to stop the game when he breaks the record. And I remember watching Drew Brees break the record and they stopped the game and his family came on the field. And then like it got totally botched because he threw a pass and they like marked it back, but then they marked it forward. And so since it went forward, he broke the record, but nobody was ready for it. So they called a timeout. And then during the timeout, they like put a thing on the screen, but there was no ceremony and nobody on TV saw it until we came back and they tried to replay it for us while they were like doing the next play. That whole thing got totally, totally ruined. And I was just like, that's, that's like half the reason I tuned in and then nothing happened. And so then I went to bed. Al Michaels trying to like piece that all together in the moment in live time was fascinating to listen to because <laughs> he didn't know what was going on either and trying to put it together. Like this is a historic moment that I should be calling and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. They, no, they just, everything about it. They just completely just screwed all that stuff up. And I just, I, I was so excited for it. They got me. I was full in for it, but then it just didn't, it turned out being more funny than anything else. <laughs> and then since nothing happened and something, since nothing happens between them at pregame, Brady and Belichick, you know, there was stuff with uh, Robert Douchecraft and uh, you know, other people along those lines, but I just sounded like Mike Tomlin along those lines. Um, now I'm like, should I have to wait and stay up and watch the end of this game so I can see if like Brady and Belichick hug? I'm like, I'm asking myself that on a Sunday night watching this terrible game. And it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Dude, they hugged like two people who don't like each other. Yes. Like, because there's like the, the because there's a big difference. If you just saw like the, the picture that was taken, then it looks like they gave a real hug. But the video of the hug is just like. Uh, you blink and you miss it. Yeah, it was it was just like it wasn't weird because it's because I think one of the things that people don't 
I, I don't know. People thought it's like because they were together so long, that means they had to be best friends. Or like Belichick was his dad or something. But like, right? No, like I, I don't think that's how it has to work. I just no. think they were like, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about your bosses, but I don't know if you guys are like giving each other because they're like embracing really long and hard <laughs> with, with like with right. the people that run the places that you work, or it's like, oh hey, all right, nice and to I, know you. I heard these comparisons later this week too. Was like. Michael and Phil, like they, you know, it wasn't all hugs yeah. and kisses the whole time there. Uh, Kobe, Shaq and Phil, I'm bringing Phil into it twice, but like, again, yeah. another example of like a dynasty, great championships, but that relationship isn't always great. Um, apparently they got together afterwards and had a little chat. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's not how that works. They were taking care of business on the field and certainly weren't friends off of it. All right, well, let's get into our last one here, guys. MLB playoffs are happening right now. The wild card last really? night, Yankees, Red Sox, dude. I can. What is it? <laughs> no idea. Well, the Brewers. Appa- Listen, the Brewers are apparently really good, but one of their uh, Cy Young candidate relievers, uh, Devin Williams, in their celebration for clinching the division, he got really drunk. These are his words. Got really drunk. And punched a couple walls and broke his hand. Now he, now the people are like, the Brewers might not make the World Series because of this. Could you think, like, how? I think the question is, like, how do you go to your coach or to anyone in your life, because they know what you do, and say, like, that you did the dumbest thing possible? Like, (laughs) the dumbest thing that you could possibly do to you like, to your most valuable asset your hand yeah <laughs> your hand like cuz it's not like you got you failed a drug test or something like you literally had all the control and you i just i don't know i don't even know what to think about it i was like this is it's ridiculous and if i was the manager i'd be like let me get this straight <laughs> We clinched the division last night, and after celebrating, you got angry <laughs> and punched a wall. Fill in the gaps there, friend. Like, what's what happened? Last we saw you, we were popping some bottles and having a good time. Something happened, and all of a sudden you got so pissed that you went Andy Bernard and punched through a wall. Like, I don't, I don't understand. You know, we didn't need uh, further evidence of this, but this is further evidence of just how dumb baseball is. Um, <laughs> Didi, when you said, how could you do the dumbest thing ever? I thought you meant like be a baseball player, but now I see where you were going. I think like why, why? Um, I thought this the other day too, actually today. Why do baseball players have to act like they win the championship for doing things that like in other sports guys high five each other about, and then go home. Like baseball (laughs) players dogpile each other for winning the division. And then like, well, the season's not over. And then you have to go to the playoff. Like you haven't, you really haven't won anything yet. You won your division. That's great. Like normally you'll be given a t-shirt and like in other sports, they'll give you a hat. And like most of the guys won't put the hat on. Cause they're like that. We don't, I don't really care about that. The other night, there were like one game wild cards. You and the guy, they, these teams literally won one, one game and they like pop bottles in the 
locker room. And like, you still have to win three series to like win the whole thing. <laughs> baseball is the stupidest sport ever. This guy got what he deserved for one being a baseball player and two celebrating dumb shit. So sorry, as one of Wisconsin's uh, two true sons, I think he got what he deserved. That is true. You just gave this. I forgot you gave the statement for your people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Devastated hearts in Milwaukee, but they, he got what he deserved. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Yeah. No, you, you, he couldn't be any more. I couldn't be any more idiotic. That is the entire team may now not make, let alone win the World Series because you had one too many and somebody set you off and that wall wasn't having it. And now your hand's broken. Such a dummy. I just, (laughs) shouts to you, Devin Williams. You're a dummy. Good luck on your next uh, contract. (laughs) Yeah. Good luck negotiating that one. Yeah, he, he will be a front runner for the brunchy uh, dummy of the year. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're getting so we're getting so close, which is so weird. We're almost to the end of the year. It's almost a brunchy watch list time, boys. Right. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Bieber, Bieber, better put on another song, baby. (laughs) It's time. Oh God. Oh, one thing I want to bring up with you guys is um, we're in a very weird situation sports wise right now, because your team, your teams that you root for Pitt and uh, the Steelers, they have a core. They have one quarterback out of the two. I root for three teams. They have none. WVU, <laughs> Notre Dame and the Browns have no quarterback whatsoever. No, no three of them have no quarterback. Uh, yeah, how's how's the season going for you guys? How are you feeling? Because I just feel de- like dejected every week. Like, don't have a quarterback who can make a play. Well, I I don't know about you, Dan, but like two weeks ago we were ready to fire everyone, and now like there are betting odds for Kenny Pickett to win the Heisman and Pitt to make the playoffs. So I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little bit strange. Um, I will say, ever since I bumped into Kenny at dinner up at the top of the Oaklander hotel. He's thrown like, you know, 10 touchdowns, I think. And Pitt has scored over 130 points. So, I mean, I got to do what I got to do helping, helping Kenny out. But it's, I know we don't want to get like too excited because we've been down similar roads before, but also we'd like to a quarterback to show up on Sunday, but it's at least comforting to know that we've got a real one on playing on Saturdays. Well, the Steelers and the Panthers practice next to each other. So hopefully the Steelers are watching the Panthers quarterback because they need one. And there's a draft coming around the bend here next April. Keep him in the building. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so frustrating for me to watch football this year. It's it's it hurts. It hurts because WVU's got a really good team. Quarterback sucks. Coach sucks. The Browns have a really good team. Quarterback is mediocre. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame has like 80 draft picks on their roster, except for a quarterback. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's awful. Anyways, it's felt like we talk about that. Let's get into what we're listening to. More happy things. <laughs> Dan, get us started. What are you listening to? Uh, well, since we don't have a Dell yet, we just have the teaser. Uh, that'll come in weeks in, in, in weeks forthcoming. But let's start off with uh, a group called Half Alive. They're uh, kind of an alternative trio from California. 
And they released a song back in 2019 called uh, Still Feel that people that listen to that genre would probably recognize. And it, it blew up. It, it got a lot of plays. Uh, but they have a new single out called What's Wrong. It's, um, it's catchy, but it has some really strong production elements that I can appreciate in it as well. So they right now are supporting my boys at uh, 21 Pilots on their takeover tour in a couple of destinations. They, they were just in LA last week. They're on their way to Chicago. I'll be lucky enough to see them in Columbus in a couple of weeks. They'll be opening. So half alive kicking things off with their new single. What's wrong. Chris, what you got? Uh, half alive sounds like it would have been a great emo band name like 20 years ago. That's true. Very true. <laughs> Uh, and maybe it might have even been, I should go back and dig into the archives here. Um, so as you can see, I've changed my setting here and I've got my turntable right behind me and uh, reorganized things, pulled out all my records and got them set up in this thing behind me. And when I set up the turntable, opened it up, just so happened that what was the last thing I listened to on that thing, an album that Didi sent me, the Take Care Drake vinyl, okay? And so I listened to that entire thing, Blast from the Past. I mean, legitimately one of the greatest probably hip-hop albums of all time. Like, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable when you go back and listen to that, the amount of just amazing music that came out of it. So I'm going to put something on the playlist this week from Take Care. I don't know what it's going to be, but that was an enjoyable little walk through time uh listening to that album again and thanks Didi again for sending that to me geez I don't know like five years ago now wow yeah Yeah. nice I like that uh I'm going with Payday a girl young rapper that I really enjoy she's bonkers but uh I love her music she's got a new EP out called what'd you say (laughs) is that easy urban Girl, young rapper. I like her a lot. I like her a lot. (laughs) Good know myself. (laughs) Anyways, Payday. I really like her music. Uh, It's got a a new EP called Rap in a Can and uh, Business and Vampire. I'm going to put on the playlist because those songs are Vampire is super weird. and It's got Danny Brown in it. And Business is the full Payday experience, which is just she's i i need to know more about this this girl because she's got a lot going on but anyway payday check it out have you put her on the playlist before Uh uh-huh i thought so yes a couple times i like it i like it um here's a new one kississippi (laughs) so dan's first country uh artist on the playlist this week Kissippi. Wow. That would sound about right. Yeah, right. Um, definitely I married my sister music right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh she's a solo artist by the name of uh Zoe Reynolds and stumbled onto her with uh, new music checking out this week. And she started off writing music on a, a kind of acoustic guitar type of music. Then she got into pop punk music for a while. And now she's kind of transferred into this indie pop, electro pop vibe. So fans of bands like Purity Ring or even kind of the Aces a little bit, you kind of have a similar type of vibe with Kississippi. So um, 
the song off her new album that just came out a little while ago, what I'm going to play on the playlist this week is called We're So In Tune. So Kississippi. All right. Um, I'm going to put a band on the playlist. Their name is Between You and Me, a pop punk band that uh, you're going to get a lot of those early 2000s vibes from this band, that era of pop punk, but they are from the newer era uh, of the genre. A song called Overthinking, it is... Um, it is just a nostalgia trip to listen to it. And I love songs that take me back. This song does that very well. So I wanted to put it on the playlist this week. All right. Uh, this song came out about a month ago. Uh, and I'm not sure cause I missed a couple podcasts in that time. Uh, if you put that on the playlist, Dan, if you put this on, but, uh, record player by AJR and what is the group's name? Something Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. Something Daisies. Anyways, songs really cool. And it is a full earworm. Like you will be singing that song when you get out of your car and you will just be, it will just be in your head nonstop so um yeah check that out i love ajr and uh this song is uh pretty sweet so record player check it out yeah it very very interesting rendition of that song that kind of yeah. takes you all over the place i hadn't put that on but yeah i like that one a lot great pick yeah. there uh last one for me limp biscuit dad vibes that's right what <laughs> you both are startled if you're only listening to this podcast the uh eyes popped out of both of dd and chris's sockets um <laughs> yes we me- actually mentioned on last week's podcast ironically limp biscuits unlimpy biscuits uh the <laughs> restaurant <laughs> that they should open um and ironically the same week they released their first song since 2014 <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm just saying this, this damn podcast predicts the future over and over and over again. Um, so they actually have a new album coming out sometime in the future. That's at least what they say. Who knows if it'll actually happen, but the song is called dad vibes. Uh, Fred Durst kind of showed up on stage, I guess at Lollapalooza at the end of their set, looking like an old man with a complete new look and this song played. And so it's really strange. It doesn't, you probably wouldn't recognize it as Limp Bizkit if you didn't know. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the song, but I have to put this on the playlist because Limp Bizkit is back and we're going dad vibes. Did not see uh, that coming. <laughs> I was not ready for that like thought, at all. I thought Kississippi yeah. was going to be the weirdest thing you put on the playlist. Right. <laughs> same, same. Um. Well, my, the last song I have is taking it back a little bit, not as far back as Limp Bizkit, but it's, it's taken back a little bit, about 10 years. Um, a band called Man Overboard, which is one of those pop punk bands that from the scene, like should have been way bigger than they ended up. Um, they have a song called Love Your Friends Die Laughing. And it's like a pulled back acoustic, just group vocal chorus sing it with your friends while like you're at a bonfire drinking beers perfect type of song i love it so much and uh happened to listen to it this past week and thought since i'm putting overthinking on the playlist which is a nostalgia trip might as well tack this one on as well so man overboard love your friends die laughing nice well you know what i'm gonna throw it back to guys no i was in macy's 
Good place to catch old music. Great place. <laughs> Macy's. It's in there. Looking at stuff. And all of a sudden, a song comes on. And as soon as the first beat drops, I was like, oh, my God. I haven't heard the song in forever. Let's go back to 2009. Jesse McCartney, Leaving. Wow. I love oh, yeah. that song. Wow. It, 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 when we talk about perfect songs, that's one of them. <laughs> Stop. Stop it right now. That song is so great. Leaving Jesse McCartney, 2009, throwing that on the playlist this week. I was just like, I'm looking around at Macy's and I'm like, I wouldn't be friends with, I can't be friends with anybody in the store because no one was just bobbing their head to this as I looked around. I was like, you guys are just terrible. This is beautiful. I've said it before and I will say it till the day I die. 2009 was a year in music. I mean, that was a year in popular music. Shout out, Jess McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to give us a Dell there for a second. But you said you heard one beat, and I was like, hello. Right, all the time. <laughs> and 2009 is a little far back. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that is the playlist. Check it out on Spotify, Sounds of Brunch. And uh, any final thoughts, boys, as we get out of here on the Brunch Breakdown? Uh, let's plan on the three of us getting back together at this time next week and doing this again, can we? <laughs> that sound good? Grab some pumpkin beers, enjoy some Oktoberfest, don't live on maybe, all that good stuff. And I'll have beer next week. Don't, don't drink water. Don't two. drink water. Yes, two. I'll have two. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Peace.